Oh man, I'm fucking up words all left, right, and centre. It's gonna be a great show tonight, folks. I know. I have. I, I'm. I'm gonna cure myself though. I've made myself a lemsip mocha. That sounds horrific. But it will like kill the illness and possibly you. Killness. Yeah, but kill Jack isn't isn't a portmanteau. But killness is. You could have cack. I. To be fair, that is pretty much what it looks like, actually. Uh Yeah. But I'll let you know how it goes. I've just caught up on the radio player to you leaving, so... Oh, cool, okay, cool. Cool, okay. I'm not going to add le- add hot sauce to a Lemsip Mocha. That's a genius idea. But I don't have any hot sauce. That's the opposite of genius. <laughs> it's not yeah, to say the idea hard. is without validity. Sometimes yeah. the opposite of genius is exactly what you need. This is the fan mail show, Kirby. Uh, you, you haven't missed any fan mail. Yeah. Unlike us, we keep missing fan mail. Yeah, I got. I saw that message on Facebook. I was like, oh no, oh no, because I haven't had one into Jack at WorldWindStage1.com. I can't access the emails at the moment, so just because I don't have a log, my login. So, and because you have been in with that internet for a while, you should have your login. That's annoying. Because did you issue me a new password? Because I thought I did. I don't think I ever got one. Yeah. Because if he sent it to that email address, then... I wouldn't have sent it to that email address, that's silly. Yeah, it should have gone to Jackat, because it went to Mailat. Huh. Weird. But the important thing is we've got it now. Yes. And we will deal with it in due course. Yes. Or will we? That may or may not be tonight, because I don't know what's happening tonight. Because half the crew are dead. Yes. All the crew is half dead. Yes. That also works, doesn't it? Yes. It amounts to the same thing. Yeah. If you treat us as averages. Which we are, let's face it. <laughs> yes, I think we're all very average. <laughs> I'm far more average than everyone else. You uh, are the average. I am just averagely average. I'm average except where I'm a small. Oh, God, that tastes terrible. Well, yes. The vodka, what will you expect? I was expecting to feel instantly better, like some kind of living god. I, I think that was a foolish expectation. Oh my god, they're calling next car game next car game. Yeah. <laughs> what? I thought that was a working title. In, in much the same way, though, that I got, I bought some food from Marks and Spencer's the other day, because I had a voucher, and I was like, I'm going to get me some fruit and veg, because I've had nothing but carbs since Christmas. And oh, I'm feeling this. Yeah, I'm feeling kind of shitty. <laughs> so I was like, maybe I should go and get some actual fruit and veg and some vitamins and stuff. And I bought the equivalent of 27 apples in juice and apples. And then over the course of two days, I can, uh, proceeded to eat the equivalent of 27 apples in juice and apples. Did you shit yourself inside out? Uh, I may actually have done, yes. Because you know that <laughs> that's the thing that apples do, right? I do now, yes. <laughs> I'm very familiar with it now. Um, hey, there's our bumper, everyone. <laughs> I, I had to sort of sit down with the, with the, with the, the crew on, uh, around the pub the other day and was just like, so I no longer feel all sort of like, you know, icky and bunged up and, and sort of like uh, really, really tired all the time. But on the plus side, wait, no, on the flip side, you know, I, I did shit out most of the blood in my body, which was uh, pretty bad. Wow. I do hope no one was eating when they heard that as the bumper. <laughs> well, we, I guess we'll just have to not make it the bumper then. Uh, it's too late for that.
has anyone seen any good films recently? Hello and welcome to World One Stage One. I knew I'd get that round the wrong way, damn it. I'm Simon. I'm Jack. me this week is Jack. Yes. Oh, Isn't he just? <laughs> Can we start again? Nope. Ah, oh, Christ. And Iris. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just so fucking excited to start. <laughs> is that because you've seen good films? No. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't seen any. Just... I, I nearly did. Yeah. But that's not a good story. <laughs> oh, no. Like, actually, oh, not, actually not a good story, or like, let's not get into it, it's not a good story. Oh, no, it's just a bad story to say I nearly watched a film this week. Oh, I see, okay, cool. No. That could have been like, I was going to go see a story, uh, go see a story, fuck's sake, <laughs> I'm falling apart today, I'm really sorry, everybody. You um, have joined us on the most professional of days, when two-thirds of your hosts feel like absolute crap. Yeah, um, I was going to say, like, the other example would be, you were going to go and see a film, but then, like you accidentally ran someone over and you'd be like, oh shit, and like, that would be a pretty bad story. It'd be an interesting story though, given that yeah. I don't own a car anymore. I know, I'd be like, how did you even manage that? And then you'd that'd be like, you'd be in a rickshaw and that's how you managed it, but I build up very interesting headcanons of how London works. See, that would become a good story again. I know, shit, I've really messed this up, haven't I? But yeah, I, I wanted to go and see The Wolf of Wall Street, but I didn't get around to it. I'm gonna go see it at some point this weekend, I think. However, having seen the photoshops, I now want to see The Wharf of Wall Street. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Oh, God, that would be perfect. But have you seen what's come out of Wolf of Wall Street? Leo's got a, a, an Oscar nomination. Yeah, he won't win. I know, but we can live the dream. We can live in hope. Give that man his Oscar. He has given you blood. What more do you want? <laughs> I don't know. This might, this might be the year. It won't be. I know, but it might Seriously, be. Seriously, it's going to go... I've been looking at the nominations. It's going to go to McConaughey. Oh, is that... Wait, which one was McConaughey? Oh, is that in um that other one? <laughs> <laughs> Shit. That other one, yeah. Oh, damn it, McConaughey. What was... Never mind. Was, it... was he in American Hustle? Uh, no, I don't think he was. Oh, okay. That's the one I was thinking of. No, yeah. he, he was um, in Dallas Buyers Club. Oh, so the only thing I know he's in at the moment is a TV show, because he's doing... Is it True Detective? I don't know. True Detective, I don't know what it is, like, the sort of plot surrounding it, because I've, every time I've seen the advert, it's basically been um, on mute, but it's uh, Matthew McConaughey, Woody Harrelson, in a detective drama series set in the Deep South with, like, biker culture and uh, occult culture mixed in with it. That sounds um, like it could actually be pretty cool. That sounds amazing. So I hope it is what it seems to be from silent trailers. <laughs> <laughs> Has anyone come nice. closer to seeing a film this week than me? Uh, no. no. <laughs> Might be going tomorrow. All right, so no film updates this time. Sorry, everybody. But we've <laughs> let you down. You may also like films you should see. <laughs> Movies you should see. <laughs> Movies you should see, sorry. Overly British. Oh, you could chat about the Oscar for a bit if you like. That's true. I don't know anyone else that's nominate, nominated for anything. Well, I'm expecting to see the hideous, latent, uh, systemic racism of the Academy result in Jewetel Earphone not, uh, not get his win for 12 Years a Slave. But everyone else that's nominated in that film getting one? Well, this is the thing. I, I, Fassbender does have a supporting actor nomination. Do you reckon so, he'll get it and Ejiofor won't? Yeah, because it's a great way for the Academy to honour the film without giving a black actor the award. Ooh, now but that you said it. Oh. They might give Steve McQueen the, uh, the director. That, that. Was it Steve McQueen? Yes. Bloody hell. I thought he was dead. This might not be the same Steve McQueen. Oh, okay. 
Which Steve McQueen are you thinking? I'm thinking Great Escape Steve McQueen. No, different Steve McQueen. Oh, okay. This is the black director Steve McQueen. Right, okay. Very, okay, fair enough. I can I see that why you'd be confused. Yeah, I thought that was be because, like, yeah. <laughs> and, act, you know, in films, it's like, if he if he were alive, he'd be, like, really old, and a lot of old actors go into directing. That is so, true. You know. But no, this is the Steve McQueen who comes up with some of just the driest interview answers. Like, he yeah. was asked why... Um, why 12 Years a Slave didn't show at Cannes or Venice, the film festivals. Mm. And there's just this beat and then he went, it wasn't finished. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> and they, they asked if Johnny Depp had considered the, uh, the Fassbender role. And he sort of gave them a, what the fuck are you talking about look and said, I don't think it was his to consider. <laughs> and you said, <laughs> at the moment, they probably would have been expecting Johnny Depp to go for the same role as a GF Yeah, probably. Fucking Lone Ranger. <laughs> Well, luckily that film bombed and cost them an enormous amount of money, so... True, true. Although, you know what? Films, like 12 Years of Sleep, that were going to be... They're gonna be they, they look fantastic, but I can guarantee they won't be very fun films to watch, right? Of course, there we go. <laughs> Segway to a bit of listener mail. Right. That's the you shittest what? segue you've done yet. Really? I thought that was the best <laughs> I've done yet. No, because we're not doing that bit of listener mail. Oh, God damn it! <laughs> Are we, just trying to, are we just trying to ruin Mike's day? Yes. He's, 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 he's lots of lovely listener mail that actually could pose really interesting questions uh, and fun discussion, but we also have other people we could talk to whilst ignoring Mike. Why do you hate awesome. Mike so much? I don't. It's just really fun to watch him getting wound up that we're not answering his <laughs> emails like now in the chat room. Uh, <laughs> I'm starting to get this like mental image that you've actually been hiding the emails from us, and that's why I've not seen them. This is all one massive conspiracy. No, this actually all goes back to, if you remember, he sent us an MP3, uh, but the way we're recording at the moment, we, I have no way of letting you hear that. Oh, of course. Oh. Yeah. So uh, he, he then wrote to us, uh, which we then <laughs> failed to address completely. He then <laughs> wrote to us about right. failing to address his listener mail, with more listener mail accompanying. And... Uh, so, we had interesting listener mail from people that weren't Mike, didn't we? <laughs> I'm really sorry, I didn't know about most of these messages. No, no, I, let's, let's talk about the thing you actually quite cleverly segued into. Oh, thank you, thank you. Because Mike did write to us when we failed to answer his other queries, uh, to ask us a different query, which was a very interesting question. Yeah. Uh, which is, have we had much experience with... Uh, Sorry, I'm just looking at the chat room. Yes, start your own podcast. You are a very funny man with an excellent voice. You should do a podcast. Especially if it had blackjack and hookers. Yes, indeed, indeed. Uh, yes. Especially if it's, you know, the rapid reviews. Yes. It, it could be the quickest podcast ever. Just, you know, rapid reviews of games you hate. Because that, I remember that fondly. We need more of those. Oh, absolutely. That would catch on very, very quickly, I think. But yes, the question was, have we had any experience with games that are good but not fun. And the example cited was Papers, Please, which I've actually been playing uh, in the last week. I like Papers, Please, but I kind of agree. It's not exactly fun. No. It depends on whether you like find a lot of fun in, you know, a game making you question who you are as a person. And in <laughs> the monotony of crushing bureaucracy. Yeah. I mean, some people would find that fun, I guess. <laughs> Someone somewhere. There's a niche. Someone somewhere will fab to it, you know. It has been asked, quite politely, <laughs> <laughs> that we read the fucking email as I wrote it, shit fuck. <laughs> well, I would love to, Mike, but you didn't write email. You sent us a message on Facebook. 
Uh, wait, I thought the first one was was an email because the one oh, about the first one was. Oh yeah, yeah. Because that, was... yeah. that one isn't on. Ah, see, see. I'm not <laughs> well. I'm not well. Shut up. Neither All am right. I. Let's read the email as he wrote it. Shit, fuck. Thank you. Begin message. Seeing as you guys have trouble with the humble MP3 file, I will ask this question using the outmoded medium of text. If this is too much trouble, I have no problem coming to your homes and communicating the only other way I know how. Penile puppetry. (laughs) (laughs) I'll leave you to ponder whose genitals will be manipulated to get the point across. You have to find it first. Simply put, have you ever played a game that was very, very good, but not at all fun? I ask because I picked up Papers, Please, and it's a great game with a real point to get across, but it's unrelentingly escalating pain. The game doesn't want you to feel at all good and succeeds admirably. Usually when a game makes me feel bad, I puff my chest and stomp away, but Papers just makes me whimper and crawl back to my razzle-plastered cardboard box in the alley behind KFC that I call home. (laughs) Not so much a question as a blog post, but whatever. You lot talk if you want. Fuckity bye. I fucking love you, man. <laughs> Welcome back, Mike. Oh, regular contributor to the show and always appreciated, even oh if my not God. oft talked about. Um, <laughs> the, the honorary fifth host. No, 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 we're up to more than that. Oh God, we are, aren't we? We've got a Mike. We've got a Troy in our history. We've also had Zoe on. That's true. Yeah. Uh, we've had yeah. Rob on as a guest as well. Yep. Uh, so Ian in Kit. Ian and Kip, uh, although that was a crossover event. It was a crossover, but it, it counts. So, honorary, I don't know, ninth post. Does that mean he's the, the Eccleston? Yeah, that's not bad, actually. I suppose honorary-wise, we had Jen as well. She that's true. Yep. Again. And Harvey. <laughs> and, yeah, and Harvey. <laughs> well, we were in his home at the time, so he was our host. Yeah. Huh. Funny how that all works out. Yes, Papers, Please is a very good example of that because, I know, there is fun to be had in the storyline mode because there is intrigue in there and conspiracy. Yeah. But it is definitely built around a mechanic of crushing relentless monotony, bureaucratic rules, and basically grinding your way into an early grave. (laughs) Hooray! But I am still playing it. Yeah, well, with, with um, Papers, Please, it was unfortunately, it came out in roughly that same amount of time where I didn't have a job, um, which is a long-ass period of time, <laughs> uh, which has never been fixed. I do now have a job. Um, so yes, I also, also have a shitload of money on Steam now because I found out that uh, RPG Maker has trading cards that go for about a pound eighty each. Huh. So I'm now up to like three pounds something in, in Steam Wallet. So I'll pick up Papers, Please at some point, I suppose. Um, but I've never actually played Pace Please. I have seen a lot of Let's Plays of it, which is basically how I did a lot of my sort of uh, passive gaming over the last year or so. <laughs> is just watching other people play games and you know forming an opinion based on that. Usually watching a whole bunch of different ones doing it and seeing, okay, this works, this works. Oh, they're playing it in a slightly different way. I can see that. Um, Papers Please looks like a whole lot of fun, and I really, really want to give it a go. Uh, it's, be- it's being mentioned in the chat room right now, but a game I did recently pick up because it was on the indie bundle. To the Moon. Uh, to the Moon. Um, I actually got the the bundle because of because of To the Moon because it's like six ninety nine on Steam or it was like you know paid on, on, on humble bundle exactly um, and I'd seen that being played and it just it looked really really well done as someone who loves the the uh, RPG maker system sorry the mic went a bit weird there um, that is in the microphone not in the, never mind um, <laughs> you know as someone who likes the sort of old retro style RPG games and the top down stuff it, it looks really really well done the music and everything in it and it tells a really really good story which is sort of what I was looking for so 
hopefully once I get through and I start playing it, it will uh, do what it is. But the the game I I really sort of thought of when I was thinking of games that are like good, they're good but not fun. Was it the path? No, actually, shit. Huh? You know what's weird? I hadn't thought of that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. The path. But it is the first game that came to mind for me. Really? Didn't I haven't to played it yet, but um, from everything I've heard about it and seen about it, it doesn't look like it's built on lots of yucks, laugh, fun. No, mechanics. It, it's not, and that's actually a perfect example of this sort of like it's a good game with a sort of good idea behind it but with very bleak uh sort of attention um so yeah i guess i would go with 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 the path um what i was actually going to go with um was the final chapter of the walking dead ah my game of the generation god i have to say the fact that these are two games on my list to the moon and walking dead are, are coming up in the games that aren't fun list i'm really starting to question my no, no, no 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 see the the, the i think there's five chapters in walking dead i think yeah. um the first four are both entertaining and you know they're very very good well-made games in their own right the fifth one is a very very good well-made game but it is so bleak so depressing. It's one of it's like I, I I you know finished Walking Dead with exactly the same sense that I left uh, the cinema after watching um, District Nine. Ah, okay. I I just sort of you know put the controller down and then just went. Well, guess I'm going to go drink some whiskey. Uh, <laughs> it it's it's depressing, but in not in that sort of like um, it's depressing because it is told so well and it's so atmospheric and the the the, the storytelling in it is so beautifully done. Um, but that very final chapter is just so, so bleak. I mean, uh, does anyone, I'm sure people will actually mind a spoiler, so I will I, just... I leave. will, because it's yeah. on my list to play, that's, like, that's fair very enough. soon. That's fair enough. Um, I will leave <laughs> yeah, it and say, yeah. the, the final chapter is incredibly bleak. Um, but look, do look forward to it, because it's where some of the best storytelling in there comes from. Um, so yeah, The Path and, uh, Walking Dead. My my game of all time and my game of the last generation are both <laughs> bleak as shit. Wow, that's that's really depressing. Yeah, Path was one that came immediately to mind for me, and I'm sure there have been others because I've played a lot of sort of narrative-driven games where the narrative isn't necessarily light-hearted. Hmm. Um, but it's funny that they just aren't coming to mind. I'm not sure how memorable they can have been. A so lot of were time, they really very good? A lot of the time, I think they they pop up in games where you're not expecting. Do you remember the the first uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare? Yes. Where the, that one scene, that one scene in particular, where the the helicopter crashes, which is one scene. It's one scene um, in a great film, yeah. But something like a game on that sort of scale, where it's mm. it sits back and makes you think and go, oh, oh no. And then you back to you know running and shooting at people who speak a different language to you. But yeah, a, a game-sized version of that example, I guess. Um, I'm trying to think of other examples, but I think it's all being overtaken at the moment because I've now started playing some of those Xbox games I bought recently. So I've now started playing Assassin's Creed 4, which is both fun and a really really good game. <laughs> and uh, Killer is Dead, which is neither. <laughs> yeah, I can think of plenty of games that are neither fun nor good. Which is a Fucking shame because I absolutely <laughs> love Suda Fifty One or Suda Suda Goichigo. No, so, sorry, Suda yeah. Goichi. Um, yeah, but it's just it's so badly done. Um, okay. I'm just going off a little tangent here, just because it's it's modern gaming and so on and so forth, and what we're doing in our gaming lives, and I'm now getting back into playing video games, which is a big thing for me. Um, and yeah, like the fact that it's a game where you play as an assassin and they mistranslate the word client and the word target. 
What? So, yeah, when what? they're contacting you and telling you, yeah, you need to go and find the client, and I can right. quite clearly hear them say, Targeto. <laughs> like, uh, guys, the, the person paying us is not the person we want to stab. Well, sometimes it is. Sometimes it is. But it, it did make me realize when I was looking at going, like, super um, stylish comic book noir style uh, world, which is hyper violent, and um, everyone is either a mobster an assassin or some kind of weird biotechnological monstrosity. I keep looking at, like, Killer is Dead and, and Killer, uh, Killer 7 and all that and going, holy crap, Sudagoichi uh, really needs to make a Sin City game. That would work. I could see that working really, really well with a really sort of horrifyingly not sure if you're joking and not sure if you actually have bodies hidden in your crawl space kind of sense of humor. So yeah, I think I think I'd love to see that, but at the moment, Killer is Dead is really losing me very quickly. Fair enough. I think Gone Home might fall into this category as well. Mm. You know, thinking about it, it's it's very good. It definitely has a story that's worth hearing, but it is wandering around an empty house, and there are moments of tension, but it's not moments of fun. The the, the sensation I get a lot from Gone Home is this sort of um, discomfort, this sort of a sense of of um, voyeurism, I guess. There's definitely a sense of voyeurism, and it also plays on your imagination by giving you hints at what all sorts of possibilities of what could have happened. So yeah. you very much start sketching out the details for yourself, and the more invested you are in the characters, and perhaps the more inventively pessimistic you can be, um, the worse those things are. So discomfort was definitely something I felt during the playing of that game, to the point that my... The, the overriding feeling I had at the end of the game was relief. And I think that's an interesting that one. That is a very interesting one. Yes. So I would definitely put that in the very good but not necessarily fun world. Uh, Irish, what about Home? Hmm. The pixel horror game that you Yeah, uh, it's certainly advised. a good game. But you feel very hollow at the end of it, don't you? Yeah. It, you feel very much questioning yourself. <laughs> you get to the end, you're like, okay. Hmm. I suppose because yeah. questioning, questioning yourself and how you play it is sort of the game mechanics, really, isn't it? Mm. It certainly would fit into the this style of game. Yeah. Mm. I can't really think of a name myself. You tend to play a lot of very fun games, though, don't you? That's true. I mean, not not saying you don't uh, sort of go in for the the, the sort of the more um, what's the word risk takey games. Well, see, I tend, <laughs> I tend to do it rather than playing a good game that is just bad. I yeah. tend to play bad games that turn out to be quite good. Seems that you would expect to be quite shitty, and then you start playing. And you, go, you know what? I'm enjoying myself. So fuck all y'all. Yeah, indeed. So hmm. there's also a bit of taste involved here. I, oh, I'm absolutely. going to play Last of Us because it's so acclaimed, but it's hmm. so not my genre. I don't expect to have a lot of fun with it. It's very tough so, survival horror, isn't it? Yeah, so I do expect to have uh, come out the other end going, that was worth doing, and I'm glad I did it, but it will be, again, like District 9, it'll be, I'm glad I did that, don't feel in a rush to do that again. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, which is a feeling I got from Walking Dead, District 9, and the first time I completed a story in the path. Um, so it's it's something I think that's what I'm really looking for in games because that's quite enjoyable a sensation not well not enjoyable that's not the word I'm looking for it's a good it's a good thing if a video game can evoke that kind of reaction I think for me that's what I look for I think it is a sense of fulfillment isn't it yeah I feel so like this is the sort of thing worth doing I feel like this is the sort of thing I'm going to be like reciting to a psychotherapist at some point 
I just I just want to be left feeling empty and and like <laughs> <laughs> you know any experience I feel compelled to repeat for pleasure is not worth it in my life. <laughs> Although having said that, Last of Us is a survival horror game with a lot of emphasis on survival. <laughs> oh god, he's doing the segue bullshit again. <laughs> segue so, can go. So you know, in terms of that, is there any other sort of like listener mail contacty messageness that we have pertaining to like uh, games about survival? There might be. Yes. Oh, really? <laughs> Fascinating. <laughs> in fact, it might be from the same man. And to avoid Surely being a not. shit fuck, I shall read it out. <laughs> oh, he's going off to pee now, so... Uh... Received on Facebook. I keep sending you emails, but either you're ignoring me, or your spam filter is snaring me. Either is possible. <laughs> Do an episode on the fairly new genre that is survival. Not horror, just survival. I'm thinking DayZ, Rust, Minecraft, and the like. No funny message with this one, because they seem wasted on you. Good day, sirs. <laughs> that was quite funny. I hate to tell you, Mike, I think that was quite funny. Bitch. He's, he's not going to hear us, because he's just gone off to pee. He'll hear us when he downloads it. Oh, that's fair enough. Um, well, I'm going to shut up for a bit, because I've not played any game in this genre, really, apart from a little bit of Minecraft. And, that and, I've, I, and I've played three. Is it the three listed? No, it's not. I've not played Rust. Ah. I've played Minecraft, uh... I've probably played other games in that style, but I can't think of any right now. I can check, though. And it's quite interesting because, like, Minecraft, I absolutely love. Hells yeah. Um, especially playing it on, like, a survival-style mode where you can starve to death and you can be, get eaten by horrible monsters out there in the world. You have to build up a fort to, to protect yourself and go and hunt for food and, and start a farm and all that sort of stuff. Mm. Um, I love that. DayZ or Daisy or whatever, I have so much loathing for that game. <laughs> like and and the problem with it is I absolutely I love the concept to it because um, it's something I've always gone back to and looking for in in games with um, you know the dead rising from the graves and, and taking over the world the sort of zombie apocalypse style game is um, that it, it doesn't focus on the zombies themselves it focuses on what comes after that the sort of looking for resources they're trying to keep yourself alive looking for food um, trying to band together with another group of survivors finding ammunition finding weaponry finding uh, medical care all that sort of thing it's a really great idea like clean water as well is another major thing it is surviving in the apocalypse and also there are zombies which just really makes things a bit more difficult <laughs> the problem with DayZ is that because is it's it a, that there are other players well, no, no, that's actually really good, because it just really highlights that whole thing of it's an apocalyptic um, setting. Um, and Everyone's out for themselves. Absolutely. Other people may just, like, leap on you, gun you down, and steal your beans. Um, quite literally. <laughs> um, and I actually, I actually quite love that. It's frustrating, but because that's part of the game. The, the problem I have with it is that because it's a mod... It doesn't work all that well sometimes, and some of it is really, really jarring. Like the animation for it's not great. There's a lot of glitches. Um, it's Fuck way shit. too fucking hard. Like you'll just be walking along, you'll jump over a fence, you'll shatter your legs. Like both your like shins will just fire out of your body, um, and you'll be left crawling for the next like half an hour, begging someone to shoot you so that you can respawn. Um, I just you... need to interrupt for a moment to address the chat room. Yep. The letter is Z. It is pronounced Z. So I'm calling it Day Z, because the alternative <laughs> is to call it Daisy, and I'm not going to do that. Yep. <laughs> do continue. Yeah. I mean, it also, it's made by an American company, I think, so they would call it Day Z. So that's how we can justify it, right? <laughs> but also, I did always... No, they would call it Day Z. Oh, yeah, because they make it rhyme, and we say it properly. Weird. Anyway, um, 
And other things like fire axes, because there are no, I don't think there are melee weapons in Armor 2, which is modded from. So as a result, fire axes have an ammo count and have to be reloaded. Uh, I mean, granted, they, have, they, they come with an ammo count of like 9,999. Um, but yeah, Daisy or DayZ, whatever, um, really, really fantastic idea. And I think as it gets more and more worked on over the next couple of like months and years um, with the community working on it, it's going to get really, really, really cool. But at the moment, it's really, really, really botched. Um, I saw a patchwork for it just today that said they'd added the ability to pick berries. I looked at that and I said, fuck you all. What? <laughs> um, the other one I've played is very, very similar to DayZ. Uh, it's called Nether, which is basically exactly the same, except it's much more urban. Uh, DayZ takes place in a sort of suburb, like a semi-rural Russia. Um, whereas Nether is takes place in the middle of a city. Um, so it's very, very Fallout in that sense. Very Fallout 3. Um, but it's a demon apocalypse rather than a zombie apocalypse. So rather than, you know, corpses wandering around, it is these horrifying shadow beasts, like, plucking themselves out of reality and attacking you. <laughs> and that's very, very cool. Um, but it does have... Ex- it's basically exactly the same thing. It's, um, you know, looking for ammo, looking for food, looking for water, looking for shelter, um, and all that sort of thing. And it's just, it's very, very, very dangerous game. <laughs> I think the closest I've come to playing something in this genre is, um, uh, I can't even remember the name of it, The Shadow of Chernobyl. Oh, yeah. Um, I, one that I know you probably would have played and as well. Fallout on survival mode. I wasn't going to mention that one. Huh. The one I have, which is the oldest one I've played, is uh, The Oregon Trail. Oh, huh. I suppose that is a survival That's game. a really good point. Stalker is the one I was thinking of. Oh, yeah. But yeah, that's uh, as for like the the oldest one that I can think of. That is the oldest one I've played. Do tower defense play... games count? Sorry, the tower defense games count. <laughs> no, <laughs> you have to survive. <laughs> that's kind of the idea for most games, though. Is you've got to survive. It's where surviving is like the only thing, and it's like made very, very consciously that you have to survive. It's not save the princess, it's not save the world, it's make sure you aren't dead by the end of this. <laughs> I've played, I played a whole bunch of survival games. I've played Fallcraft. Uh, Fallout. Fallcraft? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've played the Fallout games, I've played Minecraft, I've played uh, State of Decay, another zombie survival game. Dragon uh, Trail. Uh, one that's on Steam, uh, just been given for f- free on the place at PS4, on the PlayStation Plus. We've got Don't Starve. Which I've owned for ages and have never played. That's a very good game. Um, I've also played stuff like, in the handheld worlds, I've played um, Survival Kids and Lost in Blue, which are, you are stranded on a desert island, survive type situation. But in the Lost in Blue, they usually team you up and you have to like make sure the other person doesn't die they're pretty much useless so basically what we're getting from this is that you played a goddamn load of survival games yeah without really thinking what they were Mm. yes i've played a lot of survival games i'm now getting this mental image of like of everyone in the in the uh of the hosts we've got like simon the tech wizard we've got me and my fucking link hat and then just Jack is the big beardy survival guy in the mountain. Wait, wait. With a, with a rifle and a tin of pork and beans. I'm a lumberjack. <laughs> I can see Amazing. that working. Yeah. 
Artists get to work. <laughs> I live in the woods and play handhelds. That's actually a really weird mental image now, just a giant lumberjack with his beard sitting on a tree stump playing Pokemon. <laughs> with his team of all Jigglypuffs. So yeah, they survival games. Yeah. There are when it comes to survival games, there are quite a lot of them. But of course the big you know, the big ones at the moment are Minecraft, DayZ. Um Rust. Dwarf Fortress has fallen into that group as well. That's been uh, fairly popular. I don't know if Dwarf Fortress is really in that particular genre because it's you don't play the characters really very no. much. It's more a simulation mm. than anything. Oh, I suppose. Mm. That'd be a but, weird uh, way to sell a game. Survival sim. <laughs> Rust is interesting just because it's made its creators so much money. <laughs> I've not played it, so... Uh, I was reading the other day that mm. Rust, uh, which was made, I believe, by the same team who did Gary's Mod. Uh, okay. I, I believe that's where Facepunch Studios came from. That was right. the, their sort of startup capital was they made Gary's Mod, uh, which you may or may not know was an extraordinary success in terms of how much money it made Gary. And for how much money was put into it to begin with. Exactly. Comparative to that, yeah. Well, Gary's Mod has been around for a while, you know, making money for a few years now. It was released in, well, 10 years ago. It's a decade old. Bloody hell. Really? Yep. No. Wait. Oh, God. Well, oh. It's, it's really sort of nine years because it was December in 2004, but it was 2004. Oh, man, I'm old. Rust, which isn't actually technically out yet, uh, it's still an alpha, uh, has made 70% as much money as Gary's Mod's lifetime takings before release. Uh, 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 that's, uh, hmm. that's more money than exists. Well, actually, funny you should say that, because the article did point out that this led to a problem whereby Gary's Mod had made all the money, uh, and Rust had made 70% as much money as all the money there was. So the release of Rust would lead to hyperinflation, the collapse of the economy, and the need for us to turn to a barter system. And so they're just the Rust is just there to train us into exactly. what the world will become. I see. That's really clever. And it's evil. the most meta game ever. When it's released, it transforms the real world into its own post-apocalyptic nightmare vision. Hmm. We had other listener mail. We did. I, I got listener mail. Stuff um, that I can't read you because I don't have access to the Tumblr. I know, and I need to give you guys access to the Tumblr, but in order to do that, I need to make a new World 1 Stage 1 Tumblr because this one's linked to my email address, and I need to link one to the, the, the World 1 Stage 1 email address because Tumblr's weird. It's not weird. It's actually fairly sensible in that regard, but I'm an idiot. Oh, um, the mail, Jack. The mails. Uh, we have two. Good enough. I'll, I'll go with the older one first. Um, and I, like I said, I swear we'd, we'd already answered this one, but I then went back and re-listened to some shows, and I was like, I can't find it, so I guess we didn't. Um, where did it go? There we go. <clears throat> How are you, gentlemen? Uh, I'll keep the message short, short so as not to clog up the tubes. Favorite non-human character in any video game. Favorite species is also fine, i.e. the Khajiit or the Protoss in general, if you can't pick just one named non-human character. For the sake of opening things up, elves and mer creatures also count as non-human. Uh, that's from Lazarus. So, non-human characters or species is is. That's a tough one. Yeah, isn't it just? Because mm. I like a lot of non-human characters. Hmm. From antagonists to protagonists and everything in between. There's like Shodan, 
almost <laughs> every companion character in the Mass Effect series. Yep. Uh, a lot of the characters in... Um, no, my brain just exploded. Never mind oh, me. Oh, no. Come back you okay? to me. <laughs> no, okay. I'm really not. Um, I actually had a lot of trouble looking into this and just thinking... Um, well, like, my favorite... I mean, Tali is probably the, the quickest example I could come up with because my waifu. Um, she kind of was fairly close to the top of my list as well. Yeah. I mean, Thane also. Um, I found really? Re- I found Thane to be a really, really interesting character, but less because of his, his species, more like the whole... Um, the, the idea of the assassin who's, like, coming to terms with what he's done over the course of his life and... Um, putting it to peace and all that sort of stuff. I thought that was a, a really interesting little story. Um, I didn't find him uninteresting, but he was so clearly sculpted to to appeal to the people who liked Garrus. They were like, let's make another broody, complicated guy, but this time let's give him like human-looking lips. Yeah. And that kind of put me off. I totally get that, but I mean, I, I just, I always, I'm going to probably seem really, really heretical to a lot of Mass Effect fans here. I preferred Thane to Garrus. Fuck you. I, okay, that's fair enough. Um, but I just found him to be a really, really cool character. Um, in other, well, other Mass Effect things, I mean, you've got probably my favourite... They all seem to turn up in Mass Effect 2 as well, my favorite characters. I mean, uh, Mordin and the Salarians in general were quite interesting, because they're very, very different from what you'd expect from a sentient alien race in a video game series. The whole, like, egg-laying, insectoid hive thing going on. Mm. Um, that was quite of interesting. And, the, and the, the, the idea of their metabolism being so fast, their speech patterns being so fast, their, life sh- their lifespans being so short. Again, really, really interesting. It's also something we don't normally see in RPGs, is that usually humans are the shortest-lived races, because you've got things like elves and dwarves and so on that live for a really, really long time. Um, whereas, you know, the the, the, the uh, sorry, the Salarians in this live for a comparatively short amount of time. Um, but the other big one, Legion, I mean, the Geths totally count, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. And I absolutely loved Legion. I loved them all. Yeah. All the, of the, Legion. The, the, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Legion is some of the best characters in Mass Effect. Absolutely. Um, and but also, I also loved Edie. I didn't. I, I, I'm not saying I disliked Edie. I really, I really, really liked Edie. But she, I, I think, I something about Legion. I think because he had, because you could take him on as a companion in Mass Effect Two, whereas he and Edie was sort of ran in three as a companion. I had that little bit extra longer to sort of dwell on on Legion. Oh, except that Edie was in Mass Effect One. Well, yes, but not as a companion and not in like the same capacity that she was in Mass Effect 2. No, no, absolutely not. But it's it's that character development that I find yeah, fascinating. That's, in. Okay, that's actually a fairly good point. Hadn't thought of that. Fair enough. Um, but you don't really know about that until Mass Effect 2, so you can't start dwelling on it. That's true. Until then. Or do you even, actually, do you find that about, about do you find out about that in 2 or 3? I think it's in 3 that you find out. So there's even less time to dwell on it, I suppose. Um, but it is still a legitimate point. Um, outside of that, I mean, I'm a big sucker for fantasy, so obviously Dragon Age does a lot of interesting things with fantasy races like elves and dwarves and so on. Shale was fantastic. Shale was absolutely amazing. Loved Shale. I'm not big on a lot of the characters <clears throat> in Dragon Age, and <clears throat> like the couple that I do like tend to be human. I'm a big fan of Isabella, for example. Yeah. But I, I have a soft spot for both Varric and Shale. 
Um, and and Varric. Yeah, so yeah, dwarves in that. But again, Varric is very interesting because he's not a stereotypical dwarf. That's why I like him. I exactly, wouldn't say yeah. dwarves in Dragon Age interesting. Ogryn yeah. was boring and every noble under the mountain was boring. But yeah. Varric is fascinating precisely because he is not one of them. Yeah. Um, Varric is pretty amazing. But Shale was also very, very cool. There was another example of Dragon Dragon Age. Um, the, oh, um, the Canari. Whether you like them or not, they're a very interesting idea to approach in a in a fantasy setting especially like this sort of analogy to a lot of um real world equivalents that they are this um strange force from across the seas who practice a very different religion philosophy that have very very set ideals on where people should be in their lives um, and very very harshly enforced rules and this very very interesting idea i like that i mean you don't have to necessarily like the canary um sten for example Sten, I like Sten, but he's not a great character. He's a great lack of character. Which is sort of, I mean, it's a little bit like um, early TNG Worf. Yes, but I didn't like early TNG Worf. I like okay, late that... TNG and DS9 Worf. Fair enough, then. Okay, that's all right. But those moments, it's, it's more like how he bounces off of other characters, I suppose, that I kind of like. Hmm. And then, I honest, uh, Final Fantasy IX, uh, most of the, the characters in Final Fantasy IX are non-human. So... I, you could pretty much just say, take your pick. Uh, as long as it's not Quinn or Quen, uh, I probably love the character that you're talking about in Final Fantasy IX, or whoever they are. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, and they're all given their little own little bit of character as well. I think, I mean, technically speaking, in terms of the party in Final Fantasy IX, there is one human character. And cool. I don't even think there's any... There's a, there's crossover once in the other races, in the unless Amaran's a human, but it's hard to tell, because he's like... He's very, he's very tall. One thing. Well, he's, he's sort of like this kind of very pale green, but I don't know if that's just, like, woad or something, because, like, in every other aspect, he's just very, very... He's human. He's just really, really tall and has very pale green skin. Mm, but the... the, 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 the fantasy the only one who's... Yeah, the fantasy races of Final Fantasy IX work in much the same way as a lot of um, Star Trek alien races work, in that they're human, but, you know, there's there's, like, they've got... Long ears, or they've got long, really, really long, gangly arms, that sort of thing. Um, then I started to think about Legend of Zelda, and I was trying to think, do I like any of the sort of fantasy races and stuff in Legend of Zelda? And I was thinking, well, the Zora are not really all that interesting. The Deku become a little bit more interesting in Majora's Mask when you get this kind of weird insular kind of hostile kingdom thing they've got going on in the swamps, where they to the point where they go kind of go a bit insane and put a monkey on trial. Um, and out of context, I'm not even going to touch that. I mean, for people that haven't played Majora's Mask, I'm just going to leave it at that. Um, and then, of course, we know how I feel about Gorons. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, Legend of Zelda is an odd one. I mean, I kind of like um, the Skull Kid, the, the Stal Childs and the Stal Foss in, in that. And the, the idea, especially in Ocarina of Time, the way they sort of come about. Um, so there's a whole lot of fantasy. Uh, the, the Elder Scrolls, uh, everything in that seems quite quite fun. I love the Argonians. Absolutely love the Argonians. And I love the Khajiit. Yep, that is, and that's where I like the Khajiit as well. Not, some, not as much as I like the Argonians, but... Um, I was going to say the Khajiit. Yeah. As a whole. <laughs> Although, on another side of it, uh, one of my favorite Bioware characters is uh, Zaba. Zaba? Oh! Um, for, my from, rookie companion. Big Z from KOTOR. Big yeah. Z! Yeah. And, and to be fair, they do come along as a double act. Mission is a fantastic character. Mm-hmm. Eh, I suppose... She's not sexy. Anyone who's God, no. listening who thinks that Mission is sexy, she's 13. God, Stop no. that. Cut it out. <laughs> <laughs> but 
but she is a fantastic character. And that's the thing. With Star Wars games, Star Trek games, we can start to bring in Klingons, Romulans, Vulcans, Olborg, and it just gets insane at that point. So we should probably limit ourselves away from the big sort of media franchises that are TV shows and movies outside of gaming. Yeah. That just opens up far too much. So I suppose my answer is pretty much anything in Mass Effect or Dragon Age or Final Fantasy IX um, and some of the things in Legend of Zelda. I mean... I guess I kind of like the Gorons just for how much they work me up. <laughs> I can always find new things to hate about those fucking rock people. See, for me, it's got to be someone from Mass Effect, because Mass Effect has the best world building of any sci-fi franchise in years, if not, I would border on saying ever. Because hmm. it beats... I, you know I love Star Trek, and I will always love Star Trek, but most Star Trek aliens are a prosthetic on a human. And that's yeah. for very obvious reasons. They're mostly casting humans. And money constraints as well. Is a, exactly. Is a big part. Whereas in <clears throat> Mass Effect, what you've got is a completely rendered world. You don't have to go for those constraints. So you can have floating jellyfish. You can have giant elephant, slow-moving Elcor men. You can have Krogan with their heads in the middle of their sort of upper torso all bets are off at that point. Although you can still do a fairly decent croaking on a human in a costume. I've seen them done at cosplays. Yeah. But you can go, you know, further beyond the, the expectation of what alien life is. And they do. Uh, but who it would be is really <coughs> tough because there's so many good characters in that franchise. And I, I really like Arya. I really like Rex. I really like Garrus. I really like Edie. They're all just brilliant characters. So, can I just go for Mass Effect? <laughs> Mass Effect is your favourite non-human character. Yes. Sounds fair. Hmm. Hmm? I don't know. I don't know who I'd pick as my favourite non-human character from a video game. Pick a Pokemon. <laughs> oh god, Pokemon. Oh no. <laughs> pick one. And then say, I choose you. Fine, I'll do it for you. Eevee. I choose Eevee. I think you kind of had to, really. Yeah. I, I get the feeling there may have been some external uh, oh, actually, coercion actually, at that point. It, it, just a little. It's just come up in the chat room. I, I, I wonder if I could get away with this. My favourite non-human character is Silent Hill. Oh, yeah, <laughs> Silent Hill is a character. It, well, it is in the, the, uh, the even-numbered games, anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, actually. Ooh, there we go. Silent Hill. Well, in that case, can I take Gotham City? Well... <laughs> No. Oh, why not? The Gotham City's not a... It's not sentient, or it isn't in most of the Batman it, universe. It depends what you read. Yeah, I know. Because uh, there's... Scott Snyder makes a fantastic case for it being, if not sentient, then at least alive enough to react. Um, because it, it was his explanation for why the tone of the Batman books changed so much when Dick Grayson was Batman. It was reacting to him. Yes. Being, oh, that's kind of creepy. Because, um... Batman's villains wouldn't work on Dick. (laughs) (laughs) On Richard. Because Nightwing has no particular rule about not killing people. He's not going to go around killing everyone. But if it came to it... If if Joker was in front of him and he had the chance, he would kill Joker in a heartbeat. Hmm. Um, Harvey, he didn't have the same conflict that Bruce did with their childhood friendship and their you know, their friendship throughout their lives. Yeah. None of Batman's villains really worked on him as Batman. 
And equally, his big villain in the Black Mirror storyline was James Gordon Jr., which it wouldn't have been a problem for Bruce at all. Bruce would have just punched him <laughs> uh, because Bruce wouldn't have seen or it wouldn't have convinced himself he could see any chance for redemption in him. Whereas Richard Grayson is an eternally optimistic person and goes, you're still a young man. You can still change. You can still learn. I must help you and redeem you. Uh, but, of course, if, if you don't know, James Gordon Jr. is an unrepentant psychopath. He is a monster, yeah. <laughs> so Bruce would have just punched him, uh, and that would have been that over. So in And Scott Snyder was writing that, and the way he explains it is he thinks Gotham very much responds to Batman and replies with something that Batman needs to challenge him. So basically what you're ending that with is, Hey, Jack, you should totally write some Batman Silent Hill crossover fan fiction. <laughs> that would be pretty cool. <laughs> I can do, voice in my head. <laughs> I'm going to stick with Mass Effect as my character. Fair enough. Man, we're giving really cheaty answers. A <laughs> little bit. A little bit. Silent Hill, Mass Effect. And, uh, and Ganondorf. Ganondorf is a good example. Of? A good non-human character. Oh, Fox. Yeah. Fallout 3, Fox. Oh, do the ghouls count? The super mutants certainly do, because yeah. they're pretty much indistinguishable from... Uh, they, genetically, they're so different now. Ghouls, I think, would have to as well. Fair enough. Is it just all ghouls for you now? Ghouls are pretty cool. I do love them. Yeah, all right. This has been a really eye-opening question, actually. I really like <laughs> Does Boone count? Because he is more machine than man in... Well, that's more personality, I suppose. Damn, that's given me lots to think about. Mm. God damn it, this question. Fun question. <laughs> Thank you very why much we, for that one. Why is it that we have, like, the goddamn best, smartest fucking listeners in the world? Because we make them feel better about themselves. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and eventually we get around to answering their question. Us being the biggest idiots in the fucking world right now. Yeah. And, you know, consistently, someone's going to be smart than us, so it might as well be the listeners. It's true. Uh, so we also have uh, listener mail from Kirby resent during the show uh, I think we did receive this one before but I lost it uh, greetings mental gen I oh, sent no. fan mail on my perfect video game episode but I thought I should do a proper one long time listener of the show but never shown my face fan mail till now love listening to you all in the car or on a bus as a collector of retro video games and a huge retro game fan sorry uh, it's incredibly interesting to hear a bit about <laughs> the past of those games you guys often get a laugh out of me, and I've got a few odd looks on the bus at times, but I assume that was all the blood rather than the laughs. <laughs> it happens. It happens. So anyway, keep doing what you're doing. You guys are brilliant. Sorry. Uh, some questions I have are, you were recently talking about tropes in games, and you mentioned the character types uh, in bosses, the dragon, the evil genius, etc. Who do you think each of you are? Also, what are your thoughts on the Retron 5? Lastly, when can we expect to see the Jackpot movie premiere? <laughs> Artist's wishes, Will. Well, as for the Jackpot movie premiere, we're currently working on like, getting Michael Bay. Um, oh, but I don't think I can fit that many spikes on myself. So we'll, we'll, we'll see how that goes down, I suppose. You wouldn't make it out of it, because explosions. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> Silence. Silence. <laughs> so which boss type are you? Hmm... I don't know, what boss type am I? Well, Simon, you're the big bad. I'm the big bad? You're the big bad. Why am I the big bad? Well, like, you are the leader. Yeah. In, in this context, I suppose that's true. Would I be the mid-boss? 
I forget what the types we were talking about. Uh, were. I don't know. Would you, uh, Irish, would you see yourself as the dragon? You know, the guy that's sort of like the heavy hitter, the the Vader to the em- to, to Simon's emperor. Hmm. I suppose it could be. Um, I think, uh, you know what, I'm going to look at the tropes. Can you guys carry on talking about stuff? And I will go and look at the, the, the tropes on the, the bad guy um, uh, ensemble. Yes, the answer is clearly that we have not put any thought into this. Um, As if I just received this email. <laughs> but I really want to put some thought into this, because I fucking love this. <laughs> okay, I've got, I've got it in front of me. You've got the big bad, the dragon, the evil genius, the brute, and the dark chick. Right. So Mike's Mike definitely the dark chick. No, no, yeah. Mike, Mike's the brute. Mike's the brute, okay. Might be the dark chick. No, you're, you're the big bad. <laughs> no, no, he's the evil genius. Okay, you're the evil genius. That means that you are the dark chick, then I'm the dragon, and I suppose that makes Zoe the big bad. Technically speaking, isn't Zoe the dark chick? I mean, in that she is a chick, and that she does have, or she's, certainly has had some gothic tendencies. I was going to say, she's fairly goth. I mean, compared she to has <laughs> been, yes. She has been. She's less so now. She I know, has but been I'm, extremely goth, and yeah, she's still probably more goth than we are. The five bad bands, that was it. So if um, she de facto's her way into... Well, no, let's reject gender stereotypes and say that she's not going to de facto <laughs> her way into dark chick just by being the chick. Okay, that's fair enough. I'm all, I'm all right with that. What are the properties so, yeah. of the dark chick? Um, by looking or acting wildly different from the other members, uh, it's this member that stands out for one reason or another and may be considered the freak or loose cannon of the group, particularly by their own members. So, Jackie, that could be you. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. One most, <laughs> the one most likely to be redeemed and not die horrifically, and will probably hook up with the hero or the lancer. Uh, if not, then becomes a one-part dominatrix and one-part yandere for the hero if they hold any type of romantic <laughs> interest towards him at all. It is possible for her to be in love with the dragon or the big bad. Does not necessarily have to be female. Ah, see, they're rejecting the gender roles as well. Good. Yeah. That does sound like you. It, it, Liz, it does sound like you or Zoe. You both could fit that quite well. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. For different reasons, I, I hasten to make clear. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's have a look. Um, evil genius uh, operates the weapons or acts as mission control for the others. So that's basically you, Simon. It does sound like me. Essential to the evil scheme, their screwing up could mean the entire thing falls apart. Well, we uh, all have. Does all sound re- like me. <laughs> we did already prove that last episode, I think. Um, most likely of this group to be bad bossed for this very reason. So basically, becoming the big, the big bad. Ironically, being less maniacally evil doesn't make them a better candidate for a heel face turn, as they're often just completely amoral. That more does prone, sound like me. More prone to insanity or other quirks than others. Yeah, that's me. Okay. Um, the brute. Uh, if the dragon doesn't lead the mooks, they will. While likely, actually, fair enough. Then I suppose I'm the dragon. Then I'm the 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 um, the tumbler aficionado. So I'm the sort of uh, public relations officer, I guess. <laughs> I I organise the mooks. True. So I'm the lieutenant. So am I the big bad then? Nah, you're possibly. I'd say the. Hmm. If I'm the brute, that leaves Mike to be the big bad. Yeah, that's. Well, actually, that makes a lot of sense. We very rarely ever see him. That's true. He's that's true. That actually, more yeah. than he has seen. Yeah. He's a shadow boss. So, Mike's the big bad. You're the brute. I'm the dragon. Simon's the evil genius. And that means Zoe does fulfill the dark chick role. Yeah. Zoe's the, Zoe's the on and again, on again she, off again dark chick. She is the one who is chiefly defined... Well, sorry. She is the one who uh, looks or acts wildly different from the other members and may hold a romantic in, uh, romantic link to the big uh, the dragon or the big bad, which technically speaking is you because you're the leader. 
So I, I'm the the big bad for the purposes of Zoe being the dark chick, but the evil genius otherwise. Yes, the evil okay. genius is the big bad, and then there's this kind of shadowy force in the rafters who pretends he isn't like involved. Ah, uh, yes. The shadow yeah, boss rather than the big boss. That that's our boss setup, I think. Yeah. So now I'm going to think about who we are in terms of Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> Christ. Wait, am I more a Vader or a Starscream? Starscream. Neither of those characters are in Metal Gear Solid. Your, your analogy has fallen apart very quickly. No, no, no. I'm just, I'm just idly wondering now, because those are the two archetypes of Dragon. The, the loyal one and the, the, the conniving one. I saw a sexy Megatron costume earlier. All Megatrons are sexy Megatrons. It, it wasn't that sexy. It was just that even Transformers costumes... Have now had it was a there was a sexy bumblebee, a sexy optimus, and a sexy oh uh, oh I Megatron. see in in that in the sexy yes sexy in the X not sexy at star. all but that is how they're branded yeah that's the ones they right. were so shit where did you manage to see that uh Tumblr uh, of course <laughs> so in in Foxhound styley right Simon Simon you would be Psychomantis oh Jesus um I would be Revolver Ocelot. Makes sense. Irish, you would be Vulcan Raven. <laughs> Listen Zo- to your heart, oh, understand. Zoe would be Sniper Wolf, and Mike would be either Decoy Octopus or uh, or Liquid Snake. I vote Decoy Octopus because it's a sillier name. It is, but luckily he's it, never really in there. Exactly. <laughs> it's a girl, after all. So yeah, um, there we go. That's who we are in Metal Gear Solid. Yeah. What do we think of the Retro 5? The what? The Retron 5. Retron 5? Is this, is this the console that plays all the old-style games? Uh, that's plays, the general idea of it, yes. So it the plays... In Retron 5, it's like a NES, a Famicom, a SNES, a Super Famicom, because they're all the same thing. Yeah. A Mega Drive and a Genesis, because they're the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> a Game Boy, a Game Boy Color, and a Game Boy Advance, because, again, one console could play all of those anyway. <laughs> so it's, it's like three things. <laughs> So it's like a Game Boy Advance, Mega Drive, and SNES. Yeah. And NES, because technically speaking, you, you couldn't put a... Uh, could, could get an adapter to put a NES cartridge in a SNES. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Fair enough. So, okay, three things with adapters. <laughs> uh, so I suppose the follow-up question is, uh, where is this, and how do I replace my blood with it? <laughs> it's been announced. Oh. Uh, I don't know if you can buy them yet. Well, so what you're saying is we have to steal one. I hear that it was sort of at CES, so they exist, and someone's made them. Uh, April, apparently, they're aiming for as a release date, and there's a rule about CES. Based on what they tell you is going to be the release date, if they tell you it's going to be before or during April, there is a chance it will come out. Um, Probably not by April, but it will actually exist. If they tell you later this year... It might not exist. Oh. Uh, so April is good, because April means it might exist one day. Hooray! Huh. <laughs> I, I like things existing that I want. <laughs> yes, it's usually preferable. So I think it's a good idea. I, I, I like old games, and you can pick the cartridges up relatively cheaply, but the hardware has become old and unreliable. So if someone yep. wants to make modern, reliable hardware that will play the old games, I'm all for this. Absolutely. However... I am even more for Nintendo getting the fuck over themselves and becoming software developers and releasing their back catalogue on other platforms, specifically the iPhone, because I've got one. I want a Game Boy emulator, <laughs> an official Game Boy emulator on my iPhone with all the games that's in-app purchases. They're losing $240 million this year. I know how they can make that back. 
That that was a lot of venom right there, dude. I've right, been ranting right. about this all day. That's actually not a bad idea either. It's a bad idea. I had this conversation yesterday with uh, my sister manager, and I said, you know what? This completely mirrors more, more the same conversation. Same conversation I had. We had like almost a year ago, where it was a case of. The 3DS, remember when I was going, do you not want to sell the 3DS? Releasing the some frigging on games 3DS. on it. <laughs> no, it was uh, releasing some frigging games on it. And in the end, we had, the, the 2013 was the year of the 3DS. So yeah, many really amazing games. Yeah, some amazing games on it. So what Nintendo needs to do now, to try to save that train wreck of the Wii U, is to release some games on it. Yeah. No, actually, no, release some of the. What they need to do was release the Game Boy as an iOS app. <laughs> and it comes with Tetris and Super Mario Land built in. You get those when you buy the app. And then week by week, they add more games as in app purchases, and you can build a library of games. And the moment they release Pokemon for the iPhone with Bluetooth and Wi Fi link cable emulation, so that there will be worldwide trading, starvation as people fail to go into work, they will make their money back. Right. That will never happen. No, it will never happen, but it freaking should. No, no, I'm saying even if, even if they did bring out uh, a Game Boy, official Game Boy emulator on it, they would never do Pokemon for it because they've not done it for the 3DS, and that's practically the same same idea, and they still haven't done it. Huh? Yeah. So get on that shit, Nintendo. Sad. This, this is how you make your 240 million dollar loss back. Just release the Game Boy app for the iPhone. That's it. I just, You're I, in profit. I just get this image after what you just said about the whole Pokemon thing. Like, and even it now, the feed's going to go dead. It's like Nintendo ninjas burst into your room <laughs> and steal you away. So, yeah. Basically, they have a back catalogue of games. You can't really buy anymore, and you can't buy yeah. the hardware for it anymore. So this should be available digitally on every platform they can get their hands on. Absolutely. Including the PC, because, you know, that's all I have. Yep, like Sega, you can get all the Sega classics in the Steam store. Steam, Steam, Steam! There needs to be Nintendo releases on Steam, Steam, Steam! Steam, 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 Steam. You can get on with it, Nintendo. Jesus. Because I, oh, it all started when I saw a quote from, I don't know, someone senior at Nintendo. Maybe even the CEO, I don't care anymore. But he said <laughs> that basically... <laughs> so just the bile for Nintendo right now. Well, it all comes from this comment of, you know, um... Mobile devices are changing the landscape for mobile gameplay. I'm like, yes, yes, they are. This Nintendo needs to rethink its strategy in, in response to this new landscape. And I was like, yes, yes, you do. It's not just as easy as releasing Mario on smartphones. And I'm like, yes, it is. <laughs> it is it's just precisely that easy. That easy. That's <laughs> what you do. Anyway, uh, that infuriated me. But I noticed. <laughs> Moving <Damn. on. laughs> uh, So the Retron 5 looks good. Cool, all right. That's what we've come to on this. <laughs> there you go. So, um, yeah, other listener mail. My wife. We, we, have, we have a very short piece of listener mail in the chat box right now. Yes, we do. <laughs> do you also want to, from Mike. Yes, do you want to read that one out? <laughs> no, I think you should. All right. Here's some listener mail. Sony are expletive expletive. <laughs> Wait, can we, can, we, can, we, can we swear on this show? No, Wait, we never oh. have. We never have, and we never will. Can, can you bleep me in the in the, the the edited version? How about I tell you I will, and then I won't because there All isn't right, cool. an edited version. Excellent. Here's some listener mail. Sony are fucking cunts. Discus. Not discuss. Hit them with a fucking discus. <laughs> Add some background to this. Mike was banned from the PSN after getting his PlayStation Four, and I've read the the epic blog 
that uh, details what followed. Yes. Man, so. man. <laughs> yeah. Tony really are. Uh, I, I think we should hit them with a discus. What exactly did they do? So, like, why, why, why the the banning? I don't know this thing that is that happened. As I recall, and it's been a while since I read it, actually. Uh, what you've probably read it more recently than me, Jack. Was it just a missed payment that prompted the ban Basically, in the first place? Yeah. Basically, he uh, bought a uh, voucher. He bought some uh, for via uh, PayPal, and basically it bounced back, and that was enough for it for them to go. That was it. Then, yep. Yeah. And the huh. response to that is not, you know, you've missed a payment. Please try again. It's we've banned you. Uh, huh. And that's kind of it. Uh, what follows is phone calls, emails, escalations. Uh, it's utterly ridiculous, completely farcical. It does read a little like someone is fucking you around, Mike. Uh, but you probably yeah. noticed that. <laughs> and it's, yeah, it's horrific. I mean, it's, it's not like Sony are, you know, the nicest guys in the world at the moment. Yeah, um, I only recently found out as well about the sort of international affairs. I only recently found about how the PS4 is doing in Brazil. Oh, how is the PS4 doing in Brazil? Do you, oh, do, you do you know this story? No, I do not know this. Do you story. Know, do you know how much the uh, PS4 costs oh, in Brazil? Don't 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 yeah. go off googling it. Guess how much it costs in Brazil? Would, uh, do you want it converted into what it would be in pounds? Or uh, I can convert. I'll tell you now what it is converted into US dollars. I I'm going to guess about seven hundred and fifty pounds. 1,800 US dollars. So about 750 pounds? No. Um, <laughs> that's about, what, wow. 50, okay, about that's... 40, 1,500 pounds? So yeah, about twice what I estimated, and I estimated a little high. Yeah. Fuck me. So have they sold any? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> hmm. That's a bit pricey. Yeah. I'm no, that's fine. People will just buy, get a second job to afford one, right? Oh, God. I, was that Sony as well? Or was that Microsoft? That was Sony as well. That, that was, was PlayStation 3. Yeah. The console that they wanted you to get a second job to be able to afford. Yeah. Yeah. Well done, yeah. Sony. Mind you, you know, the trouble is they can get away with this because who are their competition? No one's buying the Wii U and Microsoft just as bad. I keep looking at the Wii U and going, God damn it, guys, you should be making a fucking killing right now. Do you know, the Wii U at Argos right now is like half price. It's 180 yep. quid with the pad and everything. Yeah. So if you want a Wii U, now is the time. Uh, actually, no, if you want a Wii U, it, uh, in a week is the time when that's halved again. Yeah, it's just, they should be, right, when you look at, like, how bad the, the, the initial press release and stuff for the, the, the Xbox One and PS4 were... Well, when they came out and went, Hi, we're going to put our balls right in your mouth. Yeah, right. The Wii U should have suddenly just shot up and made an app. Nintendo should have made an absolute killing because they could have just gone, Hey, hey, we've got no DRM like, you know, the Xbox One. Uh, It's entirely backwards compatible with the Wii. Um, We've got a great online connection thing that you don't have to pay extra for. No, 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 no. They have an online connection. Okay, so, sorry, no. Okay, fair enough. They do not have a great online connection. All right, no, that's fair enough. I, that is even, one even thing having Nintendo one. consistently have fucked up in the yeah. last two generations of in-room and handhelds. They've added multiplayer gaming, but it's not easy and it's not convenient. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. I suppose that's just that's just living up to the old holdover of having to make sure your infrared beams between your Game Boys were pointed directly <laughs> at one another. Um, but yeah, uh... But Nintendo have this whole thing of like, you know, backwards compatibility and no DRM and even like the the whole um, Kinect thing, you know, always being on for people that didn't like that, like me, because I just don't like the Kinect. We don't have any of that shit going on either. 
But the problem is they had nothing else going on, really. Well, the trouble is that you had Sony and Microsoft doing massive international press conferences discussing... They were both going to teabag you, but who had the better balls? Yeah. Whose balls were bigger, whose balls were more recently washed? And Nintendo couldn't really get involved in this conversation because they look a little bit like eunuchs. Yeah. But they sh- I mean, this is the thing is, you look at them, they should have made a killing at that point. I really wish they had had done as well. Like, if that same time they had gone, we're bringing out like fifty Some games. games for the Wii U, and you know we've got we've got a couple of we've got a new Zelda, we've got a new Mario, we've got a new this, but we've also got this many original titles. Yeah. Uh, th- to be fair, they wouldn't even need to have done that. They could have just gone here are like three games we're bringing out, and you know they would have made. Oh, is a world. new next gen Pokemon Stadium. Oh man, uh, here's. I don't know, that that would have done it, really. <laughs> a new Smash Brothers. That's actually in the works, though. Yeah, but they should have released it. They should have, at the at the moment, I know they couldn't have really timed a development cycle to coincide with a complete misstep by the competition, but if mm. they'd had that ready to go when Sony and Microsoft fucked up, yeah, that would have been a beautiful moment. And the thing is, I'm on this show one of the supporters of the Wii. I really want to want the Wii U, but I look yep. at it and go, hey, you're half-priced. I still don't want you. I'm mostly just, like, really, really full of bile for the Wii U because I was, now that I've got some money coming in, going to buy a whole bunch of back catalogue Nintendo stuff on the Wii, on the, the um, eStore. And they closed it. They closed it because <laughs> now if you want to go on the eStore, you've got to get a Wii U. Yep. God damn it! Or if, no, you, yes. if you bought it on the eStore, you don't any longer own it on the Wii U. Oh yeah, if you, yeah. Now you you ha- but you can still play it on the Wii. Yes. Yeah, but you can't buy anything new on the Wii. And if you want to buy anything else new, you've got to get the Wii U. But all the games you bought on the Wii, you can't play on the Wii U. Fuck's sake! So they're doing exactly what every other console manufacturer is doing this generation, going, yeah, we we got a backwards compatibility option for you, but it's only for the physical copies of you, games. You already own the console. Just keep it. Yeah. But that's that's, that's the, not backwards compatibility, you dicks. That's, that's literally that's, having an old console. That's for the digital copies of the games, though. For the physical copies, it is still backwards compatible. Yes. Because that's always been a thing with, with Nintendo. Other, I mean, other than the GameCube, when they when they switched over to discs, that's the only time they didn't have a backwards compatibility thing going on, wasn't it? I mean, yeah. GameCube couldn't play N64 games for fairly obvious reasons. They could have made an adapter if they'd tried. I'm looking at my GameCube now and thinking, actually... It's pretty big. I'm going to try and find out some sort of hidden compartment that I didn't know was there. <laughs> Having said that, I would only need it to play Zelda games. And, oh, look, I already have all of those. Har, har, har. Yes, Sony, they are indeed. Uh, and they should be discussed. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> right in the eye. So are Microsoft at the moment. Not I mean, for the same reasons, but, like, seriously, Sony and Microsoft are not doing well with the start of this console generation. I mean, it is also a good point that the GameCube could play Game Boy Advance games and Game Boy Color games, but that was less backwards compatibility and more like a sort of blowing it up to the big screen kind of thing. As in, you plugged in your Game Boy into the GameCube. Ah, yeah. gotcha. I found that wire the other day. Yeah? <laughs> really? Yeah, so it, I, have a, it, I have a Game Boy Advance, but no wire and a GameCube. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it, so wait, wait. It is hidden you somewhere again, but... And yes, yeah, you have yeah. Game Boy Advance and the GameCube. Wait, you're just going around in circles. Oh, uh, what a shame. Neither of you can enjoy that. Oh, no. Well, I have a GameCube. There's no way you could combine those things to be enjoyable. Well, well, I personally can, because I have all the constituent parts here. Well, that, that just ruins the joke. Oh, damn it. Uh, and I've got Crystal Chronicles. Uh, don't have... 
Oh yeah, you could plug Game Boy games into the. the, the, the oh god damn, GameCube, you had everything. <laughs> <laughs> god, I love old Nintendo. So we did also have another piece of listener mail. Cool. Uh, would you like me to read that one out? Yes. Because this is a really, really interesting one. Ooh. Um. <clears throat> not that the other ones weren't obviously. Shit. I, <laughs> I, <laughs> sorry, sorry. I'm not implying the others weren't. This just really like. Well, you know what? I'll let me start again. So we've got a really interesting piece of listener mail here that says, How are you, gentlemen? Listening to your end of a generation podcast and your request for show ideas, I have a possible one. The consoles that do not survive the generation jump. The Ataris, Neo Geos, Segas, and any that you can think of. What was their impact at the time and the legacy that they have left for current games? I have many fond memories of the Sega Dreamcast, from being online on a console for the first time playing Fantasy Star Online and Quake the Arena, to the JRPGs with Shenmue and Skies of Arcadia, which in my opinion need HD re-releases. The console only lasted two years before being discontinued, but it left a lasting impact in my gaming life. Any thoughts, opinions, or fond memories from the hosts would be gladly looked forward to. Kind regards, Lex Forthington I. P.S. Do you think the lack of third-party support could spell the end of Nintendo in the home console market? Yes. <laughs> so, we have already sort of covered that last bit, which is most of the sort of listener maily part of it. Um, but the other things, I mean, I don't know if we could do a whole episode on it, but I definitely want to touch on, like, old consoles that never made the jump, that never sort of survived the, the, the generation gaps. There was an Amiga CD32. It has no legacy. <laughs> <laughs> it killed and ate its own legacy. There was a Philips 3DO. It had no legacy. Oh, yeah. God, the 3DO. But there I mean, was an Atari Jaguar. It has no legacy. Do you know what really shocked me, though, about that? The end game. The, the Dreamcast only lasted two years. Yeah. I honestly thought it was... I, I was really surprised by that. I remember it being such a huge like part of my gaming uh, childhood. It lasted two years and had a quite a large catalogue. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure that's quite right. No? Um, they stopped manufacturing new ones after two years. Yeah. But I had a thought in my head, and I've just checked, and I was right. Uh, there was still unsold stock until 2007. Really? Yep. Okay. So they continued to sell it for a lot longer. The two years is a but little the, bit misleading. The, the production of it was, you know... Only two years, yeah. yeah. It was manufactured for a couple of years. Worldwide, they only sold... I know this is it's, just it's over 10 million. Yeah. Uh, which, for, well, for worldwide console distribution, it's, it's not yeah. good. Mm. Sold more in North America than anywhere else, though. I, I think suppose that the... largely is going to come down to the fact that in North America, dial-up cost nothing in phone oh, uh, phone calls. Yeah. That's and true, also yeah. the fact that, you know, they used to loud noises over there, so the sound of the Dreamcast turning on wouldn't have, like, terrified <laughs> anyone. Because, <laughs> oh, God, I love the Dreamcast, but the fucking fan on that thing. Yeah. Good God. It's one of the major things I remember about it was just, like, shouting to be heard over that goddamn machine. That was a damn fine console, though. I, I love the Dreamcast. It's weird. that we, You ask anyone now, they'll be like, yeah, Dreamcast was absolutely amazing. But why did you know why did it die? Oh, no one bought it. No one played it. But <laughs> if everyone loved it, yeah. The thing is, all of those people who say that owned one. Yeah, yeah. I certainly did. Yeah. I, yeah. So it's weird, isn't it? Like it wasn't popular enough. But everyone universally. Lo I'm so confused. Well, it, it was 
kind of pricey. Yeah. In its day, and the, the big especially compared to the place. Was it PlayStation Two? Was it? Yeah, PS Two. Was that? Well, this the is Earth. the thing. It didn't actually have a direct competitor. In it was its that generation. It, it was the half generation we were doing. Yeah, it went halfway between the PlayStation, PlayStation, like the, between the PlayStation and PlayStation Two, the N sixty four and GameCube, and the nothing and the Xbox. Yeah. So they they weren't on the release cycle. So they were they were in exactly the same hole as the Wii U, which is the hmm. I could buy this. It is better than a PlayStation, but then I know the PlayStation Two is just about to come out. Yeah. Uh. So everyone already had a PlayStation, and they sort of held out for the PS Two. I picked yeah. it up because it was an online console, and it was a Sega disc based console with games like Shenmue on it. I was like, ah, oh, damn, this looks like a good console. Uh, but it it was sort of out of step with the market. So, yeah, it kind of like threw everyone a little bit off balance, I suppose. And it had some great games in there. I mean, um, I actually, you know what I really, really enjoyed playing? Like, the, my fondest memory of it was Sega Bass Fishing. Really? Yeah, I don't know why. Just I find that... Sega I Bass that, Fishing was awesome. I, think it was, I never I, played that one. It was just really therapeutic. It was really, really calming. Just sitting there with the little uh, control, the little fishing rod controller thing. It was really, really fun. But I also loved, you know, Sonic Adventure, Sonic Adventure Two, um, uh, Fantasy Star Online. What was that? There was a one that I absolutely uh, Power Stone and Power Stone was, was great. Power Stone was great. But there's uh, Skies of Arcadia. That was it. Mm-hmm. Stop not in... mentioning Jet Set Radio. It's hurting me. Ah, <laughs> Jet Set Radio. Or Jet but, Grind Radio for North, for North Americas. When I remember, the thing with Jet Set Radio is I mostly remember Jet Set Radio Future, um, which was the Xbox game, the, the the sequel that was on the Xbox. Which was cool, but yeah, the original Jet Set is the original Jet Set. Yeah. Man, the soundtrack. That was a, oh, absolutely brilliant soundtrack. Also, Quake 3 was on the Dreamcast. Yep. Was it? Yeah, yeah I it, played it, Quake 3 on the Dreamcast. It and was it, weird. It came up in that, in that piece of listener mail. Mm, of course it did. Mm. Yep. <laughs> Uh, and I also played Fantasy Star Online. Ready to rumble. Let's get ready to rumble. Oh, ready to rumble uh, boxing. Yeah. Oh, my God. I remember playing that on the PlayStation 2, though. I think it was PlayStation 2. Must have been. Choo Choo Rocket was the game that came bundled with the Dreamcast, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes, that's yeah. the one. It was a nice little puzzle the, game. It was the first place I uh, played Soul Reaver as well. What, Legacy of Kane? Mm-hmm. Oh, Oh god, that was on the Dreamcast. So many games that were on the PlayStation then were on the Dreamcast as well. And also ones that then jumped to the PlayStation 2. Like uh, Dead or Alive 2, I remember, was on the Dreamcast as well. Or was supposed to be on the Dreamcast. I I forget. What what weird legacy the Dreamcast nearly left. And it it sort of left this spiritual legacy anyway, because a lot of the the game sequels, as we've mentioned, sort of ended up on the Xbox. Hmm. But when the Xbox was in development there was serious consideration given to making the Xbox backwards compatible with Dreamcast games. Really? Yes. Which is Sega and Microsoft got really in bed with each other and very nearly made the Xbox literally a sequel to the Dreamcast. So it would have been less backwards compatibility, more sort of like sideways compatibility. Uh, I mean, it would have been backwards because it came out after. Yeah. But, but yeah, it had better networking on it, obviously. Yeah. Uh, you know, so Microsoft. the idea of taking something like Fantasy Star and running it on an Xbox with its push-button networking. Oh, my really God. Really interesting one. Oh, that sounds wonderful. <laughs> uh, okay, I'm going to get a time machine um, and go back in time and rant incoherently at the head of Sega. <laughs> 
I don't know why I chose the head of Sega rather than the head of, you know, Microsoft, because one of them speaks English. Well, I assume they both speak English, but, you know, as a first language. There is the Sega head office in London. That is true. Is that still there? Yeah. It's got a big picture of Sonic on the side. Um, so, other consoles that, like, never made the... The Neo Geo, I remember. The, I remember the Neo Geo Pocket, but not mm. the, uh, the actual console. I know of the console. Never actually played on one. It wasn't I forget? Wasn't the Neo Geo Pocket and even the Neo Geo like the console that came with all the games? Or am I thinking of something completely different? You might be thinking of something different. Either that, or my friend had a very, very illegal Neo Geo Pocket. <laughs> he might well have done. Yeah. Because I just remember it just how already had all the games on it when he had it. Um, uh, what else was there? I mean, I, I don't really remember any other ones that didn't really make the jump. Because well, there's the the very early days. Obviously, there's the the twenty six hundred, um, the Atari game consoles that died off. Yeah, and they left us the legacy of console gaming. Yep. <laughs> sort of. I suppose every, everyone was trying to make that jump back then. They were trying to make that. Uh, I mean, even Nintendo back then when they first made the NES and the Game Boy, trying to get into the home console market. Yeah, pretty much. Mm. Bit of a risk. Uh, there's they the Pippin. The, the, oh, the, the Apple Pippin. Yep, that's another one with no <laughs> legacy. Oh my god, I just I I just had a really weird flashback then. Wow, the Pippin. I oh man. <laughs> god, this has been a really weird episode. The Engage. Now that did have a legacy, briefly, and a the very Engage limited too. legacy. Well no, the N series phones. The the series of I phones suppose, that weren't yeah. N gauges but still ran N gauge cartridges. The N-Gage itself was very, very Shit. stupid. Very stupid. Very, very. But, I mean, phone hey, it's game... it's a game console you have to take the battery out of to swap the game. Yeah. But, like, gaming on a mobile phone, I mean, oh, I'm trying to think when it was, but wasn't that fairly early on in the days of sort of, like, you know, full-color phone gaming that wasn't oh, yeah. Snake? it was. Absolutely it was. Um, it was between that and um, Windows Phone gaming, which was yeah. a very, very young market it was all java games because i remember seeing like you know adverts and stuff on um on tv at the time like you know ring this number or text this code to this phone number to get this game and like you get rainbow six or or something like that on your on your um your phone god yeah yeah those days they weren't good they weren't good they weren't good days but that was the sort of the time of the end gauge where it was all one thing you know you could put i mean obviously it was you took the battery out but the cartridge in <laughs> but the idea that you had a cartridge it was a like you know, handheld console that was also a phone it did both of them horribly but it was kind of i suppose the sort of the big the big boss of that kind of era of uh mobile gaming which just goes to show you how sort of poor that era was, really. <laughs> you know, Vectrex, there's one that doesn't have a legacy. It was a second-gen console, so we're talking very early 80s. Yeah. And what was interesting about it was it didn't do sort of bitmap CRTs. It drew the screen in the same way that Asteroids and similar arcade cabinets did. Right. So it was a vector-based um, electron gun. Uh, which meant that the graphics it actually drew were all sort of simple line drawing, but were incredibly smooth. Uh, and so much so that now that the iPad is retina to the point that you can't really see the pixels at a decent operating distance, and funnily enough has about the same um, screen dimensions as a Vectrex, 
someone has just recently made a Vectrex emulator for the iPad because it's the sort of first hardware synth that can look like a Vectrex. <laughs> so we've had to come up to the, the era of retina-based screens to get an LCD that looks even close to as crisp as the Vectrex did. Wow. Why didn't that go anywhere? Uh, largely because it couldn't do anything more than line drawing. And oh. uh, the third generation of um, games consoles were, what, the NES? Oh, okay, fair enough. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nintendo did put a lot of people out of business. Yeah. I mean, Atari was still around in that generation because that was the Master System, the NES, and the 7800. It was the Master System, like, third generation? Yeah. God, it's old. Oh, oh God, it was as well because we were talking about the 8-bit, early 16-bit stuff, weren't we? Yeah, there was only a couple of years difference between the Master System and the NES. Wow. That's terrifying. But, um, yeah... As much as we love Nintendo and all that, they, they they were the sort of the big giants of the 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 home console things to begin with in that third generation. Yeah, so, they were sort of the that generation was sort of the start of two big players in any generation. So I'm, I'm not Atari saying died off. I'm not saying Nintendo were bad people. I'm just saying you know they made a lot of people very hungry in the '80s. <laughs> and then in the fourth, yes, the PC Engine, the Turbo Graphics 16 was around. That one has a, a bit of a legacy, not a huge one, but you know you still see a few franchises from that kicking around occasionally. Huh. I'm just, I'm just sorry. I've just had an email from the the humble bundle people. Oh yeah. Um, their their new bundle, the humble audiobook bundle. I guess they do this occasionally. I I'd never noticed that. That's very interesting. They've done ebooks before. I think this is the first time they've done audiobooks. Uh, pay more than the average to unlock the satanic verses. <laughs> That sounds dangerous. Yeah. Don't unlock the satanic verses. <laughs> That's a really cool idea. Although the current gaming bundle is uh, also rather good, actually. Oh, yeah, they've updated it. it. They've updated it, because I did check before the show, and it was like, you, there is a one hour to go before this, that, and the other. It's, it's a strategy bundle with um, UFO Afterlight, uh, Armor 2, not 3. Uh, oh, but, yeah, and you also, if you play over the odds, you get uh, DayZ. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Alpha Prime is in there. So it's not a bad bundle, especially if topically you want to go and play DayZ. Yeah, don't. Oh, actually, do if you if you if you I'd say give it a go, especially if you can get it cheap, because um, it's god damn it's not finished. Um, but you might you might enjoy. It. A lot of people I know enjoy it quite a lot. Mm. I I don't, but I'm a grumpy git. A console I've never heard of. I'm just really? looking at the fourth generation. Yeah. And in the fourth generation, under so this, other. So wait, these are the days of the snares and the Mega Drive. Uh, that's right. Yes, this yeah. is the, the 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 big players were the snares, the Mega Drive, the Turbo Graphics 16, and to some extent the Neo Geo. Okay. All right. Uh, but under other, there's also the the CDTV and the CDI. Both oh. of which were poor examples of CD-based games. Hey, 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 the, the, was it the CDI Zelda? <laughs> it was one of the yes. best games ever made by... Scrub, scrub, my boy. It was some of the, it's the best example of a game made by a blind chimp that I've ever seen. <laughs> but they were not the only optical disc-based games console of that generation. There was also the amazing-looking Pioneer Laser Active. What the fuck is that? Post a pic of that in the... Uh, I shall do. Uh, and the, obviously the show notes as well. The Pioneer Laser Active, which looks like this, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, no, it doesn't. <laughs> it looks like this. <laughs> there we go. That's how I use copy and paste. I'm good at computers. <laughs> oh, my God. I love that it's got the, the, the smiley face in the uh, in the chat. Oh, wow. That's... Um... So it's a tape deck. I've got a laser disc. 
into oh, PS4. Jesus. It is a Laserdisc-based game sensor. Oh, sweet Jesus Christ. Oh, Pioneer. My favourite thing about it is how much the controller on the left has ripped off Sega shamelessly. Yeah. That's just a Mega Drive <laughs> controller. That's that's just a Mega Drive controller, but they've painted the middle, they painted the start button blue instead of red. I know, funny, isn't it amazing? Funny enough, funny enough, the controller on the right looks like a, a Master System controller. It does quite a bit, yeah. Oh, the original one, yeah, because I had the I had the Master System two, so it was the the much smaller one that yeah, looks basically so, like a NES controller. So, did they just get like excess controllers from? The I guys think who they made might this? have. <laughs> I look at this thing and think that might uh, that looks louder than a Dreamcast. I look at this thing and go, "Didn't my parents have one of these?" Oh wait, no, it was just a VHS player. <laughs> I'm looking at this and thinking, "Didn't I see this in a movie where like machines took over the world and this was the the grand high computer that you know ruled over human life?" Well, I'm just thinking, isn't this great that we're looking at a picture on a radio podcast? <laughs> Well, it'll I be want in the show notes. about the handhelds of that era as well, because if you want to talk about handhelds that had no legacy. Um, yeah, let's do that. <laughs> oh, wait, what's going on? Feed, can you hear us? Feed? Uh, we'll find out in a bit. Uh, no, I think we're still good. I, I, it's still good, it's just a little airborne. What did you do? I don't know, Skype went weird. Skype went weird. Skype went weird. Again. Okay, cool, they can oh, still hear us. Please don't repeat the last episode. We can't do this again. <laughs> also, Mike's not even in the same building, so I can't run off and slap him for a comedic effect. <laughs> cool. Anyway, yeah, the handhelds of that era. Because that was the start of handheld gaming. That was and Game Boy and that, Game so Gear, I remember. And the Atari Lynx. Ah, well, the Lynx. Here's an interesting thing that appears to have happened. Uh, because there was no incumbent, there was no one really ruling that market, Everyone seems to have had the idea to get into that market at the same time. Right. NEC released a thing called the Turbo Express. Um, the Turbo, the Turbo Express. Yep. So it's like a normal Turbo, but it's only open between the hours of 6 and 11. That's right. Okay. And to yeah. give you some, <laughs> some scale here, this was not the least successful of them by any margin. Uh, right. In that era, the Game Gear sold 15 million. All right. The Game Boy... Now the Game Gear did 15 million. What do you want to yeah. guess the Game Boy did? Well, this is the early this is the early 90s we're talking about, isn't it? Well, this is Late 80s, in, its, early 90s. in its lifetime. Okay, I'm just trying to think because there were only well, it's what, there were only what 30 million people in the world back then. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know, man. 20 million? 45. Million. Uh, wait, actually, the Game Boy in its entire lifetime. I'm going to guess 100 million. A hundred million. Yeah. You're going to stick with that? Uh, why not? Because I actually have no goddamn idea. I'm literally throwing a random number out there. Any advance on a hundred million, Irish? Five hundred million. <laughs> Man, uh, you know that thing where you could have sounded smart? Yeah. If you'd just not said the most recent thing you said. I, I didn't say anything, though. It was 118.69 million. So I was close enough with a hundred million. But not with five hundred. I didn't say that. Irish said that. I didn't say that. Well, I said it when he asked you what you thought, so... <laughs> Please stop. I was speaking for you. So, that's, that's... Don't speak for me. That is a lot more than 15, is 118.7. Yes. That's the best at haggling. Atari Links, <laughs> right? So, we, we know that the, the Game Boy did nearly 119 million. The Game Gear did 15 million. The Atari oh, Links? Uh, a million. Two. Less than 500,000. I was closer. Wow. Meanwhile, the Turbo Express sold 1.5 million, yet we never <laughs> heard of it. <laughs> However, there were also the Epoch Game Pocket Computer, right. the Game 8. Wait, wait, hang on, sorry, the what? The Game 8. 
Um, the game what? There's no Y. There's no Y. It's just it, it's G A M A T E. It's a portmanteau, Jack. You should love it. I, I should, but the game say, what? You, you go up and you no, go. No, it's up. just called the game mate. I have a game mate. What did it eat? <laughs> what? Game mate. What? The, what did the game eat? I have no idea. But yeah, to say I have a game mate. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there was also a Watara supervision. I actually kind of like that because everyone wants supervision. Supervision. I mean, everyone wants everyone wants heat vision and X-ray vision. So why not just supervision? Get all your bases Arkham covered. Game Master, which interestingly has exactly the same form factor as a Game Boy Advance, but, uh, but a much Patrick, stiffer screen. But it has Patrick Moore's head. <laughs> I wish. Yeah. And my favourite. This this console was released under two different names, as is fairly common with console releases, as we know. Yep. I don't know which territory got which name, but it doesn't matter. They're both amazing. It was either called the Mega Duck, why, right. or the Cougar Boy. The Cougar Boy. Cougar Boy sounds like a film I downloaded the other day. I want a Cougar Boy. <laughs> I want a Cougar Boy as well. It's amazing. It had thirty-seven games. So, <laughs> it had thirty-seven <laughs> games. <laughs> We'd never heard of it. Oh my fucking god! <laughs> the hell! I know. It's like. Oh god, I just had a horrifying, horrifying bit of nostalgia there that just came up in the chat. What platform made those little Game Boys filled with water and plastic hoops you had to get onto pegs? I remember those. With the the massive rubber buttons that you push down to force air into. Oh my god. I remember them well. Oh god, I'm like, I'm I'm five years old again and at my cousin's house. (laughs) Whilst he's playing Zelda 2. Wow, the fifth generation was really crowded. Yeah, which was yeah. so. Fifth generation was the, that was the beginning of the, was that when the PlayStation first turned up? Yes. So PlayStation, Nintendo sixty four, and the Dream no, not the Dreamcast because that was what generation five and a half. It was the Sega Saturn. Oh, that's how did I forget Sega Tassanshiro? I don't know Sega Tassanshiro. Wait a minute, I just forgot Sega Tassanshiro, and I'm also not currently playing a Sega Saturn. <laughs> At any point, he's just going to burst in through the goddamn wall and karate chop me. <laughs> But it was also the era of the Atari Jaguar, which has no legacy. Oh, I miss the Jaguar. And sold a quarter of a million units. Oh, poor Atari. And the 3DO Interactive, which sold two million. What? As in the, the game company 3DO? Uh, yes, the 3DO from the 3DO company. Fair enough. They call... Because I remember 3DO as being a software developer rather than a hardware developer. So. That's because they released hardware once. <laughs> it didn't work out well for them. No, it didn't. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, they like so many console developers, they became a third-party software developer. Right. Because uh, the 3DO Interactive did not do what they wanted it to. Uh, much like, in in fact, I think this was Atari's last foray into gaming hardware as well. Uh, not quite Sega's last. The Amiga CD32 was out this year, uh, this era as well, and the PCFX and the Pippin. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> and now I'm in primary school again. Uh Early. Oh, damn it. I'm lost in a sea of nostalgia right now, remembering my PlayStation. I remember coming home from school, and there it was. And my cousin was playing Abe's Odyssey, trying to see if it worked. Uh, Going, what is this? What is this magic? It plays discs. It <laughs> plays discs. And then the Mega Drive didn't get played. Oh, 
I feel really bad about that now. Well, Mega Drive. I know, yeah, right? really good games on it. Abs- well, I only had one I had one cartridge for it, but it was like six games. Uh, I think we've covered that like a million times on yes, the show. Yes, it's really <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I stopped playing it once we got the PlayStation. I feel really bad now, but that is just my nostalgia talking, going, man, you should have played the Mega Drive more and enjoyed it. But I didn't know at the time. No, admittedly, you were young, callow, and foolish. Yeah. And then we got and then like five years later we got a NES. <laughs> And yeah, that just sort of worked a bit out of sync. We got a NES right about the same time we got a PlayStation 2. I've still got my NES. Oh, It's and still it's in working good. order. So is mine, except I only played two games. As so. is my zap gun. <gasps> right, who's up for a duck hunt uh, marathon once we open uh, World 1 Stage 1 HQ? It is largely my duck, uh, duck hunt machine these days. Yeah. <laughs> largely what I own it for. Everything else can be done better on emulation. Yeah. But man, duck hunt on my TV. So a, a live streaming duck hunt uh, tournament. That would be fairly <laughs> hilarious. When we open World 1 Stage 1 HQ. But yes, that's some of the consoles that never made the leap. Oh yeah, and for, for American listeners, Mega Drive is Genesis, Genesis is Mega Drive. Yes. And the I, I didn't know that probably had some other name as well. No, I think I think the Master System was just called the Master System. Was it? I, I could be wrong, but I don't remember ever hearing uh, that it was called something else. I'll have a look. Ah, you're right. It was the master system in both territories. That's okay then. And it was even the, it was even the master system in Japan. Hmm. It was the Masata system, uh, Shistemu. Please stop trying. <laughs> what? Masata Shistemu. That was not their first home console. Who Sega? Yeah. Huh. They they'd made the the thousand and the Mark three and all sorts before then. But it was the first one that was any good. I'm trying to see how much it cost in uh, how much the Master System cost when it was released in Brazil. Just to try and see compare it to say the uh, the PlayStation Four. It sold more units in Brazil than it did in the United States or Japan combined. Hmm. That's weird. Julia. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yes. So, shall we round it off there? If that's it for the mail, then so I plan. Unless there's any more mail that you know of, Jack? Uh, nope. And if I have missed one, which I haven't, um, unless, like, basically, I am now up to date with Tumblr asks. So if you are a listener and you haven't heard your, and you sent in some listener mail and we haven't read it out and you sent it into Tumblr, it's because I haven't got it. Uh, so send it again. Or uh, if you haven't sent one in, please send one into the Tumblr ask. That's worldwindstage1.tumblr.com. And if you sent one in and we haven't read it and you sent it to the email, Probably because we don't like you. No, it's probably because I didn't notice. So send it again to mail at worldonestage1.com. You can also tweet at us, at W1S1. Yeah, you can, but I wouldn't see Find us on Facebook and send us messages there. Please do. Uh, You could visit us in person and tell us your opinions. Uh, We're not going to give you our addresses, though. We've got some more listener mail. But you might already know us, in which case you can come around and see us. When is the Final Fantasy show coming? (laughs) It's is this going to be like? Is this going to be like meatloafs? I would do anything for us, but I won't do that. <laughs> people keep asking him, and people keep saying, "Oh, he never actually says what he wouldn't do for love." I'm like, yeah, he does in the song. And then it's just like, "Is the Final Fantasy show ever coming?" It's like, we fucking did the Final Fantasy show. Simon, do you want to give us? Do you want to just repeat the Final Fantasy show? <laughs> no, because I think what we should instead do, yep, is in response to the question, "When is the Final Fantasy show coming?" I think we should give the far more tantalising answer of no comment. Oh yes, there oh, is a yeah, possibility yeah. of a thing, but there, maybe there isn't. No comment. That's what I meant to say. Mm, no comment. Do the yip yips? No comment. No. 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 No.
Nope, not Final Fantasy. Nope, 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 I think we yep. need to end. Okay. <laughs> I can work with that. <laughs> yip yips are the sign of the end of times. They wanted us to do the yip yips again, it's so it, we did the yip yips. Stop looking at the chat room because they'll keep Never! <laughs> I will never stop being the, the public relations officer of World 1 Stage 1. I am the fandom <laughs> relations. So, so that, that, that was listener mail. You guys ran the show for this show, and it has it has been two hours. I two hours love, of extreme illness. I I love uh, um, listener mail shows. I love listener mail shows as well. So please, I, I it really, really, really fills my heart with this little flutter of joy um, every time I see a bit of listener mail coming into the Tumblr ask. So uh, please don't do let send that in. stop you. <laughs> <laughs> just, I don't know if my heart can take it, man. It's all clogged up with cheese at the moment. Did I mention that earlier on? I felt really, really queasy, and I thought I should eat something, so I ate a brick of cheese. That was not oh, the right not choice. An entire brick of cheese. Oh. <laughs> you wonder why you're clogged. Oh, not any... Uh, uh. Anyway. Um, so is there a Velveeta shortage because you ate it all? A Velveeta shortage? Yeah. Wasn't that, wasn't that like a porn star wrestler in the late 90s? What, a Velveeta shortage? Velvenus, that was the one. <laughs> I was just thinking Velveeta Shortage as a name kind of works. Right, let's get back into an effect. <laughs> right. Uh, so, send us, send us listener mail. Give us ideas. Uh, or just tell us what you think. We just love hearing from you. We do. But until next time, that has been World 1 Stage 1. I have been Simon. I have been Jack the Dragon. And I have an Irish the Brute. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.